The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. That was great. We take uh, time to be able to give Bible truth, and uh, we do that in every service. Um, Sunday morning's a little bit different, even when Dr. House was with us last week. I leaned over to him and said, okay, you have this amount of time. And the reason we do that is because we have so many multiple ministries going on here all day long. But now Sunday night, Sunday night's a little bit different. Uh, we can take a little bit more time to develop a truth and be able to help people to understand uh, the way the Bible teaches about that truth. Let's look at this this morning. I'm going to speak on building a spiritual home, building a spiritual home. The Bible says here in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1, the Bible says here, ye children, the instruction of a father and attend to know understanding. If you'll take that word attend uh, to know understanding, that's talking about being there. Uh, that takes effort, by the way. Uh, that takes participation, if you will. Uh, that takes a willingness uh, to be able to be a part of. And so here's what he's saying. Uh, to the children. He's saying to the children uh, that you ought to listen to the instruction. You're supposed to listen uh, to the uh, understanding that a father is going to give you. Uh, when we use the word uh, spiritual, let me help a little bit. Uh, somebody being spiritual is not by accident. Uh, somebody being spiritual is somebody uh, that is going forward uh, in an act of going forward forward to try to achieve that which is a oneness with God by being obedient, uh, by putting God first in their life. That's not something that just happens in the Christian's life. Uh, you have to desire that. You have to want that. You have to move forward in order to be able to obtain that. All dead fish float downstream. Uh, this has to be somebody, in, and in many cases, uh, depending on the country that you live in, sometimes you have to go against the current. But here, we'll see what God defines as a spiritual home. Now, I, I would hope that we would all try to strive for that. I would hope that each one of us would really want to have a spiritual home home. Uh, when Sylvia and I uh, first started having children, one of the things that we had purposed in our heart long before the first child ever arrived. Uh, we did not want to teach our children uh, only how to be good. Uh, we wanted to teach our children the uh, essentialness of being a spiritual. Uh, uh, there's good people everywhere, but mm, there's not a lot of spiritual people. And so we wanted to help our children to understand the difference on being spiritual and being a good person. Now, can I say uh, that we all ought to strive to be a spiritual person. The Bible says they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. All right? And so if we're going to be true worshipers of the Lord, then we ought to do it in spirit and in truth. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show us truth this morning, and hopefully we say, oh, that's something I want to improve on. That's something I want in my life. And so let me give you some things that would be categorized by God, not by man, but by God as being a spiritual home. Statement number one, there needs to be good doctrine. 
There needs to be good doctrine. Uh, and we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 4 uh, thoroughly this morning. And so here's what it talks about. The Bible says in verse 2, uh, For I give you good doctrine. That's pretty plain, isn't it? So I give you, it says, For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. Now, what is doctrine? Well, doctrine is teaching. And so uh, the Bible is saying here that we ought to have good teaching in our home. Now, by the way, uh, you can have bad teaching in your home or you you can have good teaching in your home, but I think that you and I ought to strive to have good teaching in our home. Um, you can be a person that decides not to teach your children, and if you so be that person, then your children will not learn the proper things. We have to purpose to be able to teach them right doctrine, be able uh, to uh, show them the right way, if you will. So we need to be committed onto teaching good doctrine. Uh, the Bible talks about how we're supposed to teach our children uh, when they walk by the way and when they uh, lay upon their bed and when they rise up and as they're eating you know it ought to be a continuation to be able to teach them the right things by the way uh, the world is not going to teach them good doctrine uh, if they have wrong friends the wrong friends are not going to teach them good uh, doctrine uh, if they're caught up in sinful activity they're not going to learn or be if you would please in encouraged by a good doctrine. And so you and I are the ones that are left to be able to teach them good doctrine. Now we're talking about a spiritual home. Statement number two, set boundaries. Set boundaries. Proverbs chapter four and in verse four, the Bible says, he taught me also and said unto me, let line heart retain my words and keep my commandments and live. Uh, boundaries, if you will. Uh, barriers. Uh, be able to guide your children. Uh, we live in a society that is being uh, promoted now where everybody wants privileges without responsibilities, okay? Uh, children need to learn that uh, with every privilege there is a responsibility it's socialism that they're pushing today which I thought would never hit the shores of America uh, teaches that you ought to have the privilege to have something without bearing the responsibility of paying for it yourself now can I tell you that's not what the Bible teaches and you ought not to teach such things inside of your home the household ought to have boundaries uh, there needs to be the standard of right and wrong uh, can I tell you, not everything is gray area. There's right and wrong that is found in the scriptures. So teach them good doctrine. Train up, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he'll not depart from it. A part of that training, a part of that teaching is accountability. Uh, what you expect, you ought to inspect as a parent. Train your children to be accountable. So I said, a spiritual home. Mm, how can it be defined? Well, there's good doctrine. Uh, there is set boundaries. Uh, there is that which is exalting wisdom. We exalt wisdom. Uh, the Bible says, as we continue, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding. He says, uh, forget it not. It says, neither, it says, decline my words of my mouth. Look in verse 6. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Talk about wisdom. Love her, and she shall keep thee. 
talking about wisdom. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. That means it's the primary thing. It should be the place where we focus our hearts. It says, therefore, get wisdom. And with all getting, it says, get understanding. Then it says here, it says in verse 8, exalt her. It says, since she shall promote thee, and she shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. All right, so the Bible teaches that wisdom is the principal thing. It ought to be the thing that we train our children. How do you make a wise decision? Uh, can I tell you, it is a, a disaster where I see people that do knee-jerking decisions and they don't thoroughly get their facts and think it through. Uh, any decision that's a major decision in your life, you ought never to rush. You ought never, by the way, can I help you a little bit? You ought never to make a decision when you're not close to God. If you make a decision when you're not close to God, probably it's going to be a fleshly decision. You know, when you think about saying something to rebuke someone, to get on their case, uh, when you think about trying to get even with someone, when you think about pounding somebody on the head, probably at the time you're thinking about doing something like that is not the proper activity in which to be involved in. All right? So set some boundaries, I said. Exalt wisdom, if you will. Uh, it doesn't say to exalt riches. A lot of people, you know, they, they exalt people that have a great amount of wealth. It doesn't say to exalt fame. A lot of people look at uh, different sports players and they exalt them because of their fame. Uh, it doesn't say to exalt uh, uh, what uh, others honor. Um, that's not what it's talking about. God says that we ought to exalt wisdom. Uh, we ought to teach our children to have character enough to be able to make the right decisions in the right timing of making that right decision. So how is it that I can have a spiritual home? Well, in building a spiritual home, I ought to give good doctrine. In building a spiritual home, I ought to set uh, boundaries and building a, a spiritual home I ought to be one that exalts wisdom statement number next I ought to be one that leads by example lead by example Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 11 aren't you glad we have a Bible that guides us say amen uh, aren't you glad that God loves us so much that he gave us a Bible to give us Bible principles and it's not man's opinion? If you like that, say amen. amen. Boy, can I tell you, I thank God that uh, he cares enough for us this morning to be able to give us a truth. And I thank God that I can get excited about Bible truth because Bible truth will preserve you. Bible truth will deliver you. Bible truth will set you free. Bible truth will show you the right direction in which to go. No. Bible truth will change your marriage. Bible truth will change your ideology about child rearing. Bible truth will show you how to have uh, a financial success within the will of God. A Bible truth, you cannot escape the fact that Bible truth is important. So here's what we see. We're supposed to lead by example. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 11, the Bible says, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. And so God is talking about here how we lead by example. And it's not saying that it's the best method. It's saying it's the only method. It's not saying that this is something you ought to consider. This is saying something you ought to do. 
Uh, somebody said this, well, uh, 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 do, as you, you, uh, do as I say and not as I do. You're not going to produce a good spiritual family on that philosophy. Your children will walk in your shadow. By the way, here's what children do. Children will always eventually stay within the margin that is the lowest standard set by the parent. They always will settle down and resonate normally, normally, almost always, normally at the lowest standard. So what do you do? You as a dad, you learn to set the right example. Uh, you learn to be on top side. Oh, you say, preacher, it's impossible. I differ with you because my Bible says all things are possible to him that believeth. Oh, for that lazy dad that says, I just don't think I could be spiritual. Oh, my dear friend, uh, don't believe that lie because I can tell you that you can be if God says you can be. And God, my friend, says you can be. Oh, the dad ought to set the example. The mom ought to set the example. Statement number one, how can I have a spiritual home? I give uh, attention to good doctrine. Uh, statement number two, I set boundaries. Statement number three, I exalt wisdom. Statement number four, I lead by example. Statement number five, teach them to learn. You know, the day that you and I stop learning is the day that you and I lose our ability to be able to teach. Uh, understand the Bible says Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 13 says take fast hold of instruction let her not go keep her for she is uh, thy life so what do you do uh, here's what we understand uh, you teach them to learn teach them to learn uh, I give away books uh, to young people, especially as uh, they develop their doctrine, their personality, as they develop, if you would please, the direction in which they ought to go. It is good for them to have more knowledge and not less knowledge. It is good for them to have more truth instead of less truth. All right? And uh, normally in the top of a book, I'll put readers are leaders. Uh, almost in the top of every book that I give away, I'll put that up there somewhere after I write them a personal note that, that uh, readers are leaders, or leaders, if you would please, are readers. Now, why do I do that? I simply do that because uh, we ought to enjoy learning. The day that you and I, dear friends, stop our joy of learning, we will stop our joy of leading. We will stop our joy of teaching others. We would stop our joy, if you would please, of being able to take others to a greater height. So the Bible says, take fast hold of instruction. It ought to be something that uh, mm, we run to obtain. It ought to be something that we want to have. It ought to be something that we're eager to be able to get. It ought to be something that we want to adopt and to make it ours. So the Bible says here uh, that uh, take fast hold of instruction, let her not go. In other words, keep it, the Bible says. Keep her and she uh, shall uh, uh, be thy life. And so uh, we ought to decide that we're going to keep learning and keep teaching our children. The Bible tells us when to do it. Over in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 6, verses 7 through 9, it says that while they're eating, while they're traveling before bed, and when they're waking up, you know, you ought to teach it to them all the time. Uh, you ought to be on a trip of teaching your young people how to get close to God the Creator. Yeah. 
Because I've got news for you. Though you're in great health right now, though your mind is sharper than it's ever been, though you can be able to physically do things today that mm, you'd be compared to a superman, one day that might leave. One day you may lay down your keys and not forget where you laid them down. One day you may pull up in somebody else's driveway, get out and think it's your house. <laughs> I heard of a man, and because uh, uh, you know a lot of houses, they're cookie cookie uh, cutter. They're you know patterned the same way. They build them on the same type of uh, structure and stuff. And a man got excited, moved into a, a new neighborhood. He got out of his car. He was exhausted. He was tired. Worked all day long, and uh, uh, pulled up in the driveway. Looked the very same. Uh, got out of the car. This person lived in the house. Was not used to locking their front door. And so as per normal, they didn't lock the front door. And so the man walked in, looked at the furniture, and thought. Oh, man, my wife bought new furniture. This is neat. <laughs> Went to the refrigerator and started to get out something to warm it up in the microwave. I mean, it's all set up pretty much the same. Just the furniture was different, you know. The curtains was different. He thought that was great because she's been nagging him about changing out the furniture. Sat down, started to eat. And all of a sudden, the woman in the house comes downstairs and says, Hello! And there he is eating her food. <laughs> That's not a made-up story, by the way. That's a true story. Now, can I tell you, listen, uh, do you understand that uh, we ought to decide that we ought to be the ones that continue to learn, continue to learn, continue to grow? By the way, learn what house is your house. <laughs> Statement number one, I said, give, uh, give good doctrine. We're talking about building a spiritual home. Uh, set boundaries. Exalt wisdom. Lead by example. Teach them to learn. Statement number next, be separated be separated now we're talking about from evil from wickedness from that which is corruption from that which is darkness from that which will hurt your children if they were to follow your pattern proverbs chapter 4 and verse 14 the bible says enter not into the path of the wicked go not in the way of evil men proverbs chapter 4 and verse 15 the bible says avoid it pass not by it turn from it it says and pass away Verse 16, they that sleep not, except, listen to this, except they have done mischief. I know many people that do mischief. When they have performed their mischief, then they go to bed. Uh, why can we not learn to go to bed on a good note after we walk with God? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, they, uh, uh, says for they uh, sleep not, except they have done mischief, and, and their sleep is taken away. Oh, I know many young people today. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it is dangerous beyond belief. Many young people sit up till uh, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning playing games that does nothing but occupy their time and steal their rest. And then the next morning, they can't perform at their peak. Why? Because somebody stole their energy from them. The Bible says, and their sleep is taken away, it says, unless, it says, they cause some to fall. It says, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Uh, you know, a, a parent that loves you is going to say, look, drinking will hurt you. Amen. Drinking liquor will hurt you. 
a parent that loves you is going to say, doing drugs, that's going to hurt you. Being a cigarette sucker, that's going to hurt you. You say, well, it's the cigarette that smokes. I know, but there's the people that suck them. But that hurts you eventually. You know, there's those that are involved in immorality and pornography. and that. All that does is just, it, it just strains the very energy and the very being out of you. So your parent is not mad at you. When your parent is trying to get you to live better and cleaner, your parent's not upset at you. They love you to the depth of their love, and all they're trying to do is say, look, I love you so much, I'm trying to protect you. I love you so much, I don't want you to get involved in stuff that's just draining you and draining you. It's destroying your very person. It's destroying the person that God created you to be. And we have to understand that uh, living separated from that which is wickedness and living separated from that which is darkness and living separated from that which is corruption. Hey, uh, it's not bad to live separated from that which will hurt you and destroy you. I want every girl that's in our church to be able to walk down our aisle one day and stand before the preacher and say, I kept myself pure onto marriage. I want every boy to be able to walk down the aisle and say, uh, this is the first time I ever kissed a girl and I can't wait. And he misses her lips and hits her nose. Uh, we ought to be excited about things. All oh, the world says uh, you've got to test drive something before you decide to buy it. And they say that about relationships. But can I tell you, listen, I'd rather uh, be able to uh, have something that has kept themselves uh, onto the day of uh, uh, walking down the uh, path of uh, righteousness and uh, uh, getting uh, married and keeping yourself onto God. I'm saying this, I'm saying, uh, parents aren't mad at you. They're, they're not upset at you. Now, they may not know how to understand it or even explain it. They may not. They may not. But don't look at your dad or your mom and say, well, I tell you what, you just don't want me to have freedom. They want you to have all the freedom that God wants you to have. But inside of that, you find liberty. Don't be that individual, if you will, please, that takes your liberty as a means to fulfill your fleshly desires. Hey, by the way, can I tell you, coming to church is a good thing. Going on youth activities for a teenager, good thing. Loving God and reading your Bible, good thing. A saying amen in church, letting the devil know whose side you're on. Good thing. Uh, young ladies acting, walking, and talking like young ladies. And young men walking and talking and acting like young men ought to walk and talk. Hey, can I tell you, you say that's old-fashioned religion. I'd rather have old-fashioned religion and be close to God and raise a family that loves God than the liberal stuff that's out there today. And you can't tell a church service from a barroom service. I'm saying this. I'm saying it's important that we... Live for God. Oh, listen to it. How is it we can have a spiritual home? Uh, give good doctrine. Set boundaries. Exalt wisdom. Uh, lead by example. Teach them to learn. 
Be separated, almost done. Promote righteousness. Promote righteousness. You know why so many of our young people are going the way of the flesh? Because that's all that's promoted in front of them. Promote righteousness. Uh, promote what it is to live for God and say, that's good. Promote Bible preaching, that's good. Promote godly singing, that's good. Oh, listen, the Bible says here, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more onto the perfect day. If you're going to make a hero out of anybody in front of your children, don't choose somebody that's wicked. Don't choose somebody that's immoral. Don't choose somebody that's fleshly. Choose somebody that's living for God. I said good doctrine, set boundaries, exalt wisdom, lead by example, teach them to learn, be separated, promote righteousness. Statement number next, keep the heart. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it is the issues of life. So uh, walk guard around your heart as a parent. Walk guard around your children's heart as a parent. Guard their heart. Uh, uh, expect them to have a guarded heart. Develop them to the point, to the place that you know with all assurity and no doubt as they go from being a child to a teenager to a pre-adult to adulthood, single, then married. Know that you've done your part in teaching them how to guard their own heart so that they can do it when you're not around. Amen. Statement number next, control the tongue. Control the tongue. The Bible says in verse 24, it says, put away, it says, from thee the froward mouth, the perverse lips put far away from thee. So control the tongue. If a person cannot control their tongue, I know this to be true, they control little, uh, little more in their life at all. Uh, they, they control less in their life than what they pretend to control if they can't control their tongue. A person that doesn't control their tongue normally doesn't have control of their life. Uh, because in order to have control of the tongue, you've got to be surrendered to God. But when a person is surrendered to God, no problem controlling the tongue. All right? And so the family, normally that is just lax and they're critical and they're downgrading everybody and they pretend that they're super spiritual. Normally it's the family that doesn't have it together at all. I'm saying this, I'm saying good doctrine, set boundaries, exalt wisdom, uh, lead by example, teach them to learn, be separated, promote righteousness, keep the heart, control the tongue, and then lastly, and that is this, uh, train the eye and the mind. Now, by the way, we have to work on that all the time. We have to work on training the eye, training the mind. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25, the Bible says, let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids uh, look straight before thee. It says, ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. All right, and so uh, our Lord is teaching this uh, so that we understand that we need to have a set proper 
direction in which to go. How do we do that? We train the eyes, we train the mind. Make sure that your eyes and your mind is always trained. My grandfather, I never did, he did. He had an old plow horse. Now we had tractors too, it wasn't like I lived in the 1800s. But sometimes he would like to, and I don't know why, but I know that he had a good uh, relationship with his plow horse, and he'd used it coming up, I guess, and maybe early years of marriage, I'm not really sure, but sometimes he liked to get behind the plow horse. Now, I never used it, but I said he did. But I asked him, how is it that you're able to plow a straight line with that horse? I mean, I can understand with a tractor. I mean, I plowed many a field with a tractor. I've dicked many a field with a tractor. I mean, I, you know, I know how to run the tractors and whatnot. But, but with a horse, how do you keep that horse? I mean, because a horse is a horse, of course. <laughs> and so, but how do you keep that horse going the right direction? And he said, you always put your eye on the mark and never take it off. He said, because you're in control of the plow horse, the plow horse is not in control of you. Huh. Well, how can we get our family to be spiritual, preacher? Put your eye on the mark and don't take it off. You say, but our society's changing. That's nothing new. Our society's always been changing. Think on it. But you know, the neighbors, they... You're always going to have neighbors. Some good, sometimes some bad. I'm saying this, what do you do? You look at the mark and you keep it before you. You know what is right as an individual believer. You step out to do what is right by God regardless of what everybody else does. And you know what happened? You're going to feel good at night. There's nothing like being right with your Savior. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like laying on your bed at night with perfect peace that everything is right between you and God. It's nothing like it. It's just nothing like it. The other day, uh, Michael, uh, Ginger and I went out soul winning and Mike was a young college age young man. Is he in here right now? Is Mike in here? Where are you at, Mike? Raise your hand. There he is, back there. And uh, we went out soul winning yesterday, and, and we had the privilege to take the Bible and showed, uh, uh, you know, several people their need of Christ, and two precious ladies bowed their hearts and uh, asked Jesus Christ to be their Savior. The one lady got so excited. Ah, she was just so beside herself. I mean, she was like, I'm so glad you came by, and man, this is just so good, and I've never seen this before, and, 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 the, and then the second lady that we talked to, she was excited, but she was excited on the front side, and it continued a way through, but, but uh, when she answered the door, you know, she said, well, I've got children, and, and you know, and I kidded with her later, I said, I know what you did, you drank too much coffee today, I could tell you drank too much coffee, because she was just all percolating, you know, I mean, you could, I mean, the coffee's coming out here, and, here, and I'm telling you. But, you know, you could tell something, something, I mean, she was right on. 
you know. But she settled down long enough for us to take the Bible and show her what the Bible teaches about salvation. And, and she bowed her head and was so thankful and, and, uh, and things of that nature. But can I say this? Can I say uh, we had to keep her eyes and her mind in the right place. Sylvia, my dear wife, and I went out soul winning on Thursday. Uh, I take different people out soul winning with me on Saturday, soul winning, going out talking to people about Christ. Uh, but on Thursday, that's, 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 that's our time. That's our time. I've said this. Uh, I, I love taking my wife soul winning. It's just special. It's neat. And, and so, but that's our time. That's our personal time together. We come up here, we listen to uh, Brother Butler give his uh, soul winning charge, and he always does a great job with that. And, and then we go out together. And, and so we went over to visit a teenager that had come to our church. And the teenager was not home, but his daddy was home. And so knocked on the door, and Steve answered the door, and I started to talk to Steve a little bit, and asked Steve, do you know for sure if you died, you'd go to heaven? He said, I don't know that. And I said, well, it's, it's cool out here. Invite us in, and let me talk to you a minute. And so he invited us in, and I appreciate the neighborliness of his attitude. And so he invited us in, and he had a dog. That, that dog, when I knocked at the door, Steve didn't come to the door first. The dog came to the door first. I had the screen open, but the dog sounded like it was a man-eating dog. I mean, it had this deep, deep voice like, you're dead. And so I shut the screen back. Why? Wisdom. So I shut the screen back, and, and I told Syl, I said, he's got a big dog. And that dog is probably not going to be friendly. Well, we opened the door, and there stood this little bitty poodle. <laughs> I misjudged that one. But still had that mean look. Poodles can be mean. Don't you be kidding. So uh, Steve invited us in, and we went in, and my wife kind of stood behind me because I was protecting her from the poodle. <laughs> you know, but the whole time I was talking to Steve about being saved, and Steve did get saved. He bowed his heart, received Christ, Amen. shook my hand, said, man, this is so good. Thank you for coming. But the whole time, I'm not just watching Steve. Uh-uh. I'm watching that mean, man-eating, ferocious poodle. <laughs> and I was just making sure that that poodle was not coming after my wife because I was going to protect her. What were you going to do? Kick it with my big toe? Now, I'm saying this, though. You have to be somebody that keeps your eye and your mind. You know how the devil discourages people? You know what he does? He tricks your mind. When nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I'm going to go eat worms. Where'd you get that from? You didn't learn that out of the hymn book. Somebody put that in your brain. Hello? Well, you know, I tell you, preacher, you just don't understand. I just can't make it. Where'd you get that from? Greater is he that is in me. He's in the world. I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. You need to get that from God. Well, preacher, I just don't have any peace. Why? Where'd you get that not having peace? Great peace have they that love thy law. Bible talks about whose mind is stayed on thee. There's a peace that God gives. See, God's got all the answers. He's even got all the answers in raising 
and having a spiritual home. It's us that have to work on it. And we have to work on it continually. By the way, good marriages don't happen overnight. Well, you know, my husband, my wife, yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be whatever you make it. If you want to take time to make it. Father, help us today, please. Help us to see how important it is to have a spiritual home. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.